This is from the book, uh, The Silver Chair, when Eustace uh, is finds his way into Aslan's kingdom, which is on this giant mountain at the end of the world. And his friend, Prince Caspian, is uh, brought back from the dead. He's in a river, and the blood of the lion Aslan goes into the river and covers him. And Caspian com- turns from an old man back into a young man as he watches his hair turns color and his skin changes and he he wakes up and jumps out of the river and it says at last Caspian turned to the others he gave a great laugh of astounded joy why Eustace he said Eustace so you did reach the end of the world after all what about my second best sword that you broke on the sea serpent and that part is from the the book um, the uh, voyage of the dawn treader where they're at sea eustace made a step towards him with both hands held out but then drew back with a startled expression look here i say he stammered it's all very well but aren't you i mean didn't you oh don't be such an ass said caspian but said eustace looking at aslan hasn't he er died "'Yes,' said the lion in a very quiet voice. "'Almost,' Jill thought, as if he were laughing. "'He has died. "'Most people have, you know. "'Even I have.' "'Great. "'There are very few who haven't.' "'There are very few people who haven't died,' C.S. Lewis writes in that... Uh, dialogue between Eustace, Caspian, and, of course, Aslan. In reading my kids the stories uh, of the Chronicles of Narnia, one of the things that has stood out to me and has been real moments where I'm, I'm reading to my kids and I'm almost tearing up and I'm almost not able to continue and finish reading because some of the beauty that C.S. Lewis writes, and some of those moments, the the strongest ones are in his descriptions of Aslan's uh, mountain or Aslan's place, and just the the hope and the beauty that's there. And there's another scene in which Reepy Cheep, at the end of the his long journey, is Reepy Cheep, the little mouse who's such a warrior at heart is the only one allowed to enter Aslan's mountain from the uh, ocean and he takes his little boat and he drives it up, he paddles it up until he goes over the top of this huge wave and he's never to be seen again. And the beauty, that uh, the descriptions of the the life and the way that sounds are and and the way that Aslan speaks are just so overwhelming and, and I love in this dialogue how life and death are sort of flipped on their heads and it's not so much that dead people are gone but it's that more people have died than people who are alive and so it's those who are alive who are on the other side 
who haven't yet crossed over, who haven't yet made that journey over to being in his presence. And, and for Christians who, who believe in the scriptures, knowing that, that when you come into his presence, that you yourself will no longer sin. Now that alone would make heaven heaven if we were even on this earth. But that you will no longer sin and do the things that you don't want to do anymore, as Paul says in Romans 7. And that Eustace is so shocked to see his friend Caspian, who he once knew as a boy in, in uh, the time when they went in their adventures at sea, uh, and then he, he leaves Narnia and he comes back and Caspian is an old, old man at this point because time doesn't work the same between our world and Narnia in these stories. And he dies. And yet, when the blood of Aslan is pricked with a thorn on his paw and goes into that river where the body of Caspian is, that he's reincarnated, he's reanimated, and he's full of joy, and he even says, Eustace, don't be an ass. Of course it's me. Of course I died. And of course I'm alive again. What did you think was going to happen? And Aslan says, Well, of course, most people have died. Isn't that a great way to consider the world in which we live, this short time that we are alive? And shouldn't we be motivated, as Peter says in his letter, that knowing that, that he's coming and that the time is short and that these are the last days, what sort of people ought we to be in living lives of holiness and purpose for the Lord? So I, I hope that for myself, I pray that for whoever might be listening, that we would understand the beauty of this thing, that you're only alive for a short time. You're only in the struggle against sin for a short time. You only have the opportunities to glorify God as a mortal, as one who is living, in a sense, under the cover of the veil. We can't see the spiritual world. We can't see visibly the glory of God ourselves as the angels can. And yet we can believe truly. We can know Him. We can hope in Him. And that's part of how we glorify Him, is believing against all of the things that we see under the sun with our eyes. That faith is the conviction of things not seen. It's believing in things that we hope for but we don't see yet. And yet one day we will see Him face to face. We'll see Him in His glory. And He Himself will welcome us. And in some sense, it says in Scripture, that we will have glory as He does. And that is a hope worth grasping onto, and we can believe in it because of the blood of the Lamb. God bless you.